The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. Okay, well, today we're going to talking about the fear of failure. You know, the people that fear failure basically fear life itself because life is full of failure. And the deal is, is that's how we learn. That's how science uh, continues to innovate and create things. And uh, all, all of our all of our world has evolved based on failure. And, and, and it's really what's more important about failure is how you view it rather than the experience itself. You know, most people do what's called self-fulfilling prophecies where they actually prophesize a failure. And basically what that does is create a failure. And it's very sad. And some people even uh, sabotage themselves just to create that failure and reinforce the fact that they should not take chances. You know, most people want to feel safe. Most people want to feel secure. And the deal is, if you're going to actually live, you have to actually be in the moment and actually enjoy the moment rather than do the same things over and over and over again where you know how predictable those experiences will be. You know, most people don't want to change. And that's sad because change is life. And, and so the deal is, we need to be able to embrace failure. You know, everyone has to fail. Uh, but for some people, you know, failing presents such a significant psychological threat, their motivation to avoid failure exceeds their motivation to succeed. So this fear of failure causes them to unconsciously sabotage their chances of success in a whole variety of ways. You know, failing can elicit feelings such as disappointment, anger, frustration, sadness, regret, confusion, and, and, and while unpleasant, they're not sufficient to trigger a full-blown fear of failure. But indeed, the term is what, uh, of a, it's kind of a misnomer because it is not failure per se that underlies the behavior of people who have it. Rather, the, uh, a fear of failure is essentially a fear of shame. So, so people who have a fear of failure are motivated to avoid Failing because they're not they can't, they can't manage the basic emotions of disappointment, anger, frustration that accompany those experiences, and because failing also makes them feel deep shame. You know, shame is psychologically toxic emotion because instead of feeling bad about our actions, like guilt or our efforts, regret, shame makes us feel bad about who we are. Shame gets to the core of our egos, our identities, our, our, our self-esteem, our feelings of emotional well-being. The damaged nature of, of shame makes it urgent for those who have a fear of failure to avoid psychological threats associated with failing by finding unconscious ways 
to, to create implications of a, a potential failure. For example, by buying unnecessary new clothes for a job interview, instead of reading up on the company they're going to interview with, that allows them, the person, to have the excuse that, you know, I just didn't have enough time to fully prepare. Well, that's crazy. That's just called self-sabotage. You know, you got to look at the signs of what a person that fears failure might be like. You know, uh, you know these aren't uh, official diagnoses or diagnostics or symptoms, but these are some of the big things that indicate a person is afraid of failure. You know, you know failing makes you worry about what other people think about you. Uh, if failing makes you worry about your ability to pursue the future you desire, what if failing makes you worry that people will lose interest in you? You know, that's a strong indicator. You know, if failing makes you worry about how smart or capable you are. And once again, these are signs that if these are big for you, that, that you have a fear of failure. What, what if failing makes you worry about disappointing people whose opinion you value? You know, that may be. Or what if you tend to tell people beforehand that you don't expect to succeed in order to lower their expectations? That That is a very strong statement that failure is near at hand. And, and also, what if once you fail at something, you have trouble imagining what you have done, what you would have done differently to succeed? You know, that is just an excuse to stay in the fear. Um, some of these people often get distracted by tasks that prevent them from completing their preparation, which in hindsight were not as urgent as they seemed at the time. These, these folks also tend to procrastinate and run out of time to complete their preparation adequately. So this is where feel of failure comes in, and it, and it happens in relationships, it happens in work, it happens in raising children, it happens in children. And we're going to discuss all those dynamics throughout the show. You know, you know, what do you do when you have a fear of failure? You know, the primary problem for addressing a fear of failure is that it tends to operate on an unconscious level. For example, you might feel it's essential to finish uh, writing out your Christmas cards because you promised to send them off by the end of the weekend and even though you're also about to take your final exams. So somebody may end up doing Christmas cards instead of the final exams and fail on the exams because they have an obligation to all their friends to honor them with Christmas cards. And that's crazy. You know, where are your priorities if you're like that? You know, there's two important things that you can do to conquer this fear of failure. And one is to own the fear. You own the fear. If it's important to accept that failure makes you feel both fear and shame, to find trusted others whom you can discuss these feelings is big because it brings it from the subconscious to the conscious. Now you're actually dialoguing about it rather than subconsciously operating in the fear of failure. You know, bringing these feelings to the surface can help prevent you from expressing them through unconscious efforts to sabotage yourself. And getting reassurance and empathy from other people can bolster your feelings of self-worth while minimizing the threat of disappointing them. Also, you know, focusing on the aspects in your control. Identify the things, the tasks, the preparation that are in your control and focus on those. Brainstorm ways to reframe aspects of the tasks that seem out of your control so it's such that you regain control. You know, for example, if you fail to find work because you just don't know the right people, Set the goal of expanding your network by going through your address book, Facebook, social media contacts, reaching out to everyone who you might help you, 
even if they're not in your field, they might know someone who is. You know, it's interesting. There's a person that was in the soft drink industry that became the president of Coca-Cola. And what he actually did, he worked for another soft drink company and he got laid off. But what he wanted to do was uh, join Coca-Cola. And so what he did was find out when the CEO of Coca-Cola was going to be on an airplane. He had a lot of ideas that uh, he wanted to share because those ideas weren't accepted by the other company. Well, when he did that, what he did is he got a first-class seat next to the CEO, and basically he sold the ideas, not himself, but the ideas that he had for Coca-Cola. That person was hired by Coca-Cola right away, and that person became eventually the CEO and president of Coca-Cola. So, you know, that is the kind of thing that people have to do. You've got to brainstorm, you've got to get out of your comfort zone, and you've got to have passion. You know, passion can get us through a lot of fear. But people that have fear and they have fear of failure don't have much passion because they have the most boring lives that ever existed. And even when they're sitting there in front of you, they really aren't even there. And they're, they're dead before they're dead. And so fear of failure is like Groundhog Day. They just live the same rituals over and over and over. And that is a fear of failure. You know, um, they say that nothing uh, breeds success like failure. You know, if you think about like Edison, when Edison invented the light bulb, 2,423 times he, he failed. If he did not fail, if he did not fail, we would never have the light bulb. And that's sad. It's sad, but that's what it takes. Failure is what it takes to create. And so we need to step into the idea of what is going to help us. So, you know, essential, it's essential for growth is to fail. But still, we hate to fail. And with the, the imminent release of exam results, many uh, 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 matrix-like uh, uh, things that are going to show how we perform compared to other people, you know, without learning to forgive yourself for failure and move on, people have a very hard time with failure itself. You know, it, you have to acknowledge intellectually that failure can be turned into an opportunity. And, and, and why are we afraid of it? What is it all about? And how are our people uh, to support us if we never try new things? You know, it's so important to do that. But here's the sad news, too. People that feel failure, fear failure teach the same thing to their children who go on to live life. And the legacy is to continuously feel uh, fear failure over and over and over. And it exists in a family system because you as a parent are a role model. And so, sadly, that behavior gets caught on to by your children. And, uh, you know, uh, success-oriented, let's say, you know, students love learning for the sake of learning. Uh, they see failure as a way to improve rather than to uh, slight on their value as a human being. It has nothing to do with your self-esteem. The fact is, a, a person looks healthy when they fail, when they accept failure, and when they turn around and say, let's do it better the next time. You know, what can we do better? You know, overstrivers are, are, are the, the, the people that are called the closet achievers. They, they are so afraid of failing that they avoid it at all costs, even if it means exerting themselves beyond what is reasonably expected. You know, these people will try to be perfectionist and they will, will work and work and work to prevent the idea of failure from happening. What a hard life that has to be. 
You know, life is a consultative experience. We're not all experts and we don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's a beautiful thing to be able to ask somebody who knows more than we do to help us and to find those people that can make what our experience will be even better instead of fearing what a bad result would look like. You know, failure avoiding people don't expect to succeed. They just avoid failing. In order to do so, they frequently make excuses, procrastinate, and they simply don't really participate. Truly, these are the mediocre people of the world. And I hope that all of us who have the opportunity to, be, to become an individual in this world who, who, who contributes to our human race, that we find a way to get out of mediocrity and become really golden, beautiful human beings who can function and, and be out there contributing and not fear failure. You know, failure has everything to do with how you react to it. You know, uh, also, failure accepting people have given up trying to succeed altogether. And so they become apathetic. And, you know, apathy is the opposite of love. And love is passion. So, you know, if you can't have a passionate life and you're just always giving up, that's that's going to be depressing. You know, that's like Eeyore. You know, that's that's that... Uh, that dystymic depression, you know, you just exist, you know, oh, well, you know, that's sad. It's so sad. You know, self-forgiveness is the key to overcoming failure. It, it is also important that children be allowed to make mistakes. And uh, parents that are too strict with their children in making mistakes and too unforgiving with their children when they make mistakes are never, ever going to get to know the soul the person of their children because they will continue to hide from you for fear of failing you. You know, letting kids struggle is a difficult gift to give them, but it's a vital one because that's called experiential learning. And kids need to experience things. We all are truly more experiential learners than book-learned people. We, we have to be experiential because life is so diverse and we have to be able to see different points of view we have to see things that we don't believe we have to accept things that we don't believe and find them to be the truth we have to accept the fact that we're not always going to succeed you know failure is a word that is is vague as it is scary whenever someone cites fear of failure as a reason they're not moving forward to a goal it's very curious you know what does failure mean to them it's always more than just a loss of money or time or reputation. You know, the psychological toll of trying something new that might not work out has more to do with one's own personal demons and the prospect of measurable losses. You know, a, a logistical failure that is trying something that doesn't end up working out is just a step in the process of creating success. You know, what's interesting is people themselves uh, that fear failure are very strong black and white thinkers. Everything has to be all one way or all another way. Well, life is gray and life is a process. It's not, you're on this, this line that goes all the way from age zero to whatever age at the end of your life. And it's all about process and it's a journey. It's not stopping points. It's evolving, evolving, evolving. So we have to have faith 
and not fear. We have to jump in and make decisions, which is what you do in relationships. It's what you do in jobs. You don't have all the facts. You don't know how the dynamics are of the people. You don't know everything about their personalities. You have to grab at a few details. You have to grab at maybe some goals of a company before you join it. You have to have a lot of discussions with someone to see if you really love them and if it's somebody you can really be with. And so the deal is you've got to be able to accept the fact that failure can happen and that's okay and you take that leap of faith and you live and you exist and you feel alive that's why so many people have the greatest sex in the world during the honeymoon phase because it's all new to them and it's a leap and it makes them feel good because they've never taken a fear of failure chance before and they're so afraid of failing that they're all there and they're giving it all to be able to capture this other person and be with them in their lives. But then after they get to know each other and they have their little rituals and after they settle down and sex is the same over and over and over again, suddenly they begin to fall in back into where they were before the honeymoon phase, which is utter boredom. Okay. Now, uh, you know, a logical failure is trying something that doesn't end up working out. You know, we have to look at that as a process. So why should anyone be afraid of that? Something even more precious than time, money, even public image must be at stake. So failure on a logistical level can expose what feels like an inadequate, childlike, vulnerable self. If I try and don't succeed, everybody will know I'm whatever, a failure. You know, that's sad. You can fill in the blank with your own worst nightmare, you know, stupid, weak, unworthy, whatever that is. But if that's going to be a part of your psychology, if that's going to be part of your philosophy, if that's going to be part of your thinking, you're going to operate with the fear of failure and you're going to fail. You know, it's much harder prospect to deal with than the simple loss of resources. The other thing is, it's the easiest thing to do is to fear failure because you have to do nothing. And so the deal is, if you are an optimistic person, if you, if you have a, a projected goal in mind, then you can communicate that goal and get people to gravitate there. And that makes you a very strong, influential person. And so, you know, when you're feeling, feeling failure, you're not reaching out to a whole lot of people. You're just self-sabotaging. But people that don't fear failure, they seek resources they seek people that can help them. They seek opinions. They seek knowledge. And, and they go after that because they have a goal in mind. And that goal is, let's say they want to become a doctor. Well, if you're going to become a medical doctor, the day you decide to be a medical doctor is when you have to become the doctor because all your life decisions have to change around that dynamic. You have to be a very sought-after resource that can actually make or break a human life. And that is a very important role for someone to have. And so the deal is you need to begin developing your mindset. What kind of doctor do you want to be when you decide to be that? So you need to become it before you are it. All right. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back. We're going to talk about fear failure, a little bit more about the psychology of it. Then we're going to talk about overcoming it. And then we're going to move on to how it works in children, at work, and in relationships. Come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. 
visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about the fear of failure. Okay, now we want to get back to some basics. You know, if you're sure... Not sure what your fear of failure is about, you know, take a cue from the themes swirling around in your family when you were growing up, because that's where this thing comes from. It's ingrained in your thinking from how your family operates. You know, it's amazing to me that a lot of people will do what their parents did for a living or something thereof. You know, like if somebody grows up as a farmer, the next kid's going to be a farmer, the next kid and after that, you know, and everybody just kind of does this, these kind of careers that really may or may not give you lots of success. Not that farming isn't, I'm just using that example, you know, but, uh, my father, my father worked in a factory and my father's father worked in a factory. Uh, and basically, you know, that's what they did their whole lives and they did a great job and I'm very proud of them, but they worked a lot of years for a little money. And, and the deal is they provided for us and they did great things. But you know, the deal is, is that here I am, I'm the first doctor in our family and my sister was a, is a nurse and uh, my other sister has her own company. Well, that's stepping up and generationally, you do not want to live your life like your parents. You want to step up and you want to evolve and so that your life can have more dreams and more success. You know, uh, it's amazing for us to be able to step 
up and evolve our family because then all of a sudden the kids that are under us, the ones that are the nephews and the, and the nieces and our children, they're going to want to step up above us. And that, that makes their life have more opportunities, more chances, more ability to live, more decisions to be made. That is important. And I'm not denigrating people that work their butts off for a living because that may be the skill that they love and that may be the thing that they like to do. And that's okay. That's okay. But what we want to do is we want to become self-actualized. And that means that our dreams may not be the dreams of our family. And it's important for us to, to, to not fear failure when we go after that. We just have to have a very clear vision of what we want. You know, so, you know, here are some family values, not all bad, that could create internal conflicts about reaching for goals. Humility. You think you're, you, you, you think you're all that. You should be ashamed of yourself. That's the things that people say. Well, humility is a great thing, but if we're going to have a negative view of ourselves at all times, um, that's not good. You know that you should never be ashamed for being an expert. You know, experts are needed because other people don't take the time to have expert knowledge. You know, if I need a plumber, I need a plumber. I can't do plumbing. I, I'm horrible at it. I, I can't do house painting. I'm horrible at stuff like that. And so the deal is I need an expert to do those kind of things. And so being an expert in an area is never, ever a bad thing. It's important for us to be, you know, uh, to have humility in the things that we're not so good at. But the deal is the things that we're good at, we need to be proud of. And we need to say, yeah, I do a good job in that. At that. That's something I really like to do. You know, also, uh, security. Security is the thing that people look for with fear of failure. They're always looking to be secure and over safe. You know, I can't tell you how many older people live the same life every day, saving their money, doing the same things over and over and over again. And the sad truth is they save all that money and they never enjoy it in their life. And what happens is their kids get it and blow it because they never knew what it was like to have money. And they go out there and spin, spin, spin. And the next thing you know, all that work that they did and all that sitting in the house watching TV really did not give them as much of a life as they could have had had they made individual choices for themselves. You know, we are in a country in the United States, and I think in the world in many ways, where we are uh, rugged individuals, where we need to become our own person. And that means that we don't have to spend our whole life saving for our children. What we have to do is save for ourselves to have a good life. And God forbid, if we die you know, early and they get some money, that's great. But we shouldn't be living to be their investment account or their savings account. You know, the, the other thing is being selfless. There's a lot of folks that will be selfless, but some people are overgive and don't know how to give to themselves. And so people that fear failure uh, want to be pleasers. And they go out there and please, 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 please as many people as they can but they run on empty, and so their life is empty. And that those are codependent people who need to get approval. They need people to say, oh, you're such a great person. So they don't really overachieve in their life. What they do is try to make everybody else's life a little bit nicer. But that is not what we're here for. We're souls living a human life. Our soul has a journey, and it's not to fill in the gaps for everybody else. Our soul is here to be an expert at something that will give back to other people. Very important. And it may be in your career or it may be in your personal life, but it's got to be something that gives back. 
You know, also people that don't take more than their fair share. Well, that's a nice value, and all these are nice values. But if you over uh, give to yourself in that sense that you take no, you never take more than your fair share. It makes you look like a great person, but it's more about how you're viewed by other people than actually how you're viewing your life. Because you may need to overtake more than your fair share in order to invest in something that's going to help other people. And so we have to think about our time and our energy and how we do things to be able to prepare for what our passions are and what our outcomes are, are, are geared to be. Also, uh, hard work. You know, hard work is not a bad thing. You know, working hard is a great value, but working smart is a whole lot better because people that work smart can do a whole lot more and be a lot more effective for everyone, including their family. It gives us more time to be with our family, as a matter of fact, but people that work hard are usually just coping with life by using that skill to make their life functional. But once again, these people that work hard sometimes have that fear of failure, and that's why they work hard. And unfortunately, that becomes their life rather than them having a life. Um, perfection. You know, people uh, that are perfectionistic are, are worried, once again, about how they're viewed. And so they're always trying to seek approval. They're always trying to show people how great they are by their actions. But the deal is that perfectionism will drive people crazy. We're human. We're not perfect. We're not meant to be perfect. Get it in the ballpark. Get it in the ballpark and then innovate it. You know, there's a difference between innovators and inventors. And inventors are perfectionists because they have to invent to get an outcome. And that's very hard to do. And thank God we have people like that. But they realize that what they're inventing is going to take the human race a little bit farther. You know, the, the inventors create things for us. And those people are rare, by the way, that are inventors. But innovators are people that take an existing idea and they reach farther and farther with it. And so the deal is that that innovation can be very exciting, but if it's consultative innovation, it has a lot more to give than if it's just innovation in a vacuum, meaning that you are the innovator and you are the perfectionist and everybody's got to do it your way. Well, what you may realize is you didn't take into account a whole lot of things that could have made your ideas a lot better. You know, also... Uh, you want to get to know that inadequate, childlike, vulnerable feeling of self. If, if you're a fear of failure, write down the specific thoughts and feelings that make you feel small and don't censor them. You know, uh, the more you accept these feelings, the less they'll control your behavior. Here's another thing, though, and this is the more common thing. People that fear failure also seek other people to take responsibility so they never have to take responsibility. And that's a strong indicator that someone fears failure, that where they're, they're always lining up behind other people so that if the failure happens, they don't have to take it in and have the shame and the guilt and all that stuff. So you have to parent yourself. You have to picture your fear as a, a reluctant child with their, their, their heels dug in. You know, ch children who are scared need reassurance, not ridicule. Rather than make and mocking them, try to understand what has got the child worried. You know, assure your child that you will lead the way and be the protector. And that means you do that for yourself because we all have that inner child that digs in out of fear of failure. You know, you want to take baby steps also when you're trying to get yourself out of a fear of failure. Don't explore the Grand Canyon by leaping off the edge. You know, you want to find a path 
uh, that wins winds towards your goal at a pace that feels doable to you. And don't underestimate the effectiveness of small steps in the right direction. By the time you get there, you'll be more ready to be where you are. You know, so overcoming this thing is very, very difficult. Psychologists have been studying the fear of failure and motivation in the face of risk-taking since the early 50s. Um, That was Atkinson was the one who took the biggest lead of that back in the 50s. The challenge of taking charge of the of uh, failure fears cuts across groups from children to adults from industries and cultures in addition though we've learned a lot the fear of failure continues to delay both societal and interpersonal progress so stopping many people from going for it in life so here's a few hints that may help people college students children entrepreneurs small business overcoming their fear you know number 1 Increase your positive self-statements when the task looks too hard. Practice statements that encourage persistence in the face of setbacks. This, uh, these, these might include statements like, if I persist, I can figure this out. I can do it. You know, it's okay that I made a mistake. I'm proud of myself for trying. You know, in the research, if you look at it, we can, you know, there's all kinds of research who uh, when, when, let's say, they looked at children with ADHD who may be more sensitive to failure experiences than children without ADHD, and, and they, they saw many things that helped them. Uh, the findings were very, very simple, that there is a bias uh, towards children who play video games with ADHD because they can control outcomes, but kids that are trying to be uh, social with ADHD have a big fear of failure because they're so impulsive. And so the deal is they stop uh, making thought through decisions and they just follow their impulses because they figure they're going to fail anyway. And, and so, you know, the deal is we've got to be more mindful. We've got to put more effort into tasks. Anything hard, anything hard makes your life easier. Completing hard things in life will always make your life easier. You've got to invest in yourself. You know, you also... Uh, you want to adopt uh, the like a, the 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 Silicon Valley type of mindset. You know, if you uh, read the fine print of China's initiative to a small business, you might discover that the cultural sensitivity to failure is limiting tech and service business launches. So, you know, China announced a hundred measures uh, to support Chinese entrepreneurs, particularly in the tech and service industries, uh, and but tucked into this fine print was the offer uh, to counsel businessmen in overcoming their fear of failure. Because in China, failure is shame. Shame is how they parent children who misbehave. And so, you know, in Asia, shame is a big thing and fear of failure is a big thing. So what they do in China, instead of invent, is they innovate. And that's the big thing that China does. They love to innovate. They love to take existing knowledge and make it a little better or make it a little cheaper. And sadly, uh, in China, that's how they've bred their success, but that's out of a fear of failure. And so that whole culture has that there. You know, so, you know, a, a Silicon Valley mindset is cultural differences in, in entrepreneurship can be instructive. Uh, you know, in the U.S., Silicon Valley rewards the testing of new business idea. Failure is considered the most important key to success. And most of the successful U.S. business leaders have failed or gone broke 
over and over and over again. And that's because they were willing to take a calculated risk. And if you think about it, what do you think people that uh, go to Vegas are doing? They, they love to go there because they get to gamble and they get to hedge their bets to see if they can win. And they like to see how well they are. But if they walk away with no money, well, first of all, they get angry and they want to go back and get it, but they often don't. But the other thing, it, it, it creates the sense of I am a failure if they continue to fail to win. And the people that come out of Vegas, which are the minority, the vast minority, that walk away from Vegas basically go, hey, I succeeded. And they make a big deal of it, but they don't tell you about the 50,000 times they've lost in Vegas. So they, they're just trying to pump their ego up by winning. And so it's more about their ego than it is about what they won. You know, you also want to uh, stop pretending that it's permanent. You know, failure is not permanent. Life is a process. It's a long process. So we have a chance to reinvent and reinvent ourselves over and over. And that includes our ideas, our thoughts. You know, uh, you also want to reevaluate the consequences of failing and imperfection. You know, while some people believe perfectionism is the root of fear of failure, it doesn't seem to always be the case. You know, b- specific beliefs about the consequences of failure are key factors to your failure fears. If you cannot get past these fears yourself, consider getting the help of somebody who will help you like a psychologist or a life coach or somebody that can mentor you. You know, that is so important to seek consultation because those people will cheer you on and they'll tell you how many times they failed to get to where they are. You know, uh, um, co- uh, current effective work and helping people to overcome failure uh, fears are, are often based on a cognitive behavioral approach. And, and these include uh, ideas like interventions about the approach that's commonly used, which is teaching people to relax, self-soothe, helping to, to look at their experience differently, and that's called cognitive restructuring. And it's helping people to visualize overcoming their fears, such as a, uh, a, a covert desensitization or a covert rehearsal. So it helps them to gradually expose themselves to what they fear and, and help them to stay in, in, in the ring and help them stay in life. You know, in children, uh, the fear of failure is huge. Um, you know, scholastic achievement is measured in terms of the number of right answers a child gives. But learning a new activity like a musical instrument or a sport, for example, sample, often uh, involves a, a, an initial period of blunders, failure, and horrible sounding instrumentation. But a person has to be bad at an activity before they are good. Similarly, a person often has to fail repeatedly in order to succeed You know, if uh, you look at uh, people convincing their children to believe in themselves, it's going and and to learn from their mistakes rather than allowing the fear of failure to keep them from enjoying new experiences. I know it's tricky, but it's something that you have to do. You've got to continue to encourage them because kids that fail often will have that shame, will often want to have pleased people. They want to just be able to sit down on a piano and play a, a complete song. Well, that's unreasonable. You know, some people have that ability. Um, you know, they're savants. They're very rare. But other people, most children have to fail at the piano or have to fail at the guitar over and over again in order to be able to enjoy it and help other people enjoy it. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to talk about children. We're going to talk about work. We're going to talk about relationships and how fear of failure is there and how to overcome it. 
Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about the fear of failure. You know, if, if you're going to parent your children to fear failure, to, uh, to not fear failure, and to believe in themselves, you have to complement their efforts rather than their results. You know, the efforts that they give have to be more important to you than the results of what they come up with. If you do that, what you do is you encourage them to take chances and to fail. You teach them that failure is not so important, that you're just proud that they keep trying. You know, and you also want to let your child to teach you something. You know, allow them to show you something that they've mastered or something techy uh, you can do with your phone, for instance, or, or if young, for younger children especially, it's refreshing to realize that adults are not good at everything and they can contribute and assist also. So, you know, it's very important to let your child show their empowerment. You also want to try something new yourself. Share your own attempts at success as you tackle something you've always wanted to know how to do, like play golf or play the guitar, ukulele, try, try your hand at photography or train for a marathon. Let your child see you practice and fail. And most importantly, have a really good attitude and a sense of humor about your missteps. That's so important. Also, you know, keep a failure journal, you know, uh, uh, share your successes and your failures and, and open the ears and, and really listen to how your kids receive that. Let them know how many failures you've had in your life. Be humble about that and open up about it and have a sense of humor about it. You know, also, if you want your kids not to fear failure, improve. A big part of overcoming fear of failure is understanding how to recover from mistakes. So to be sure to show your child how you're bouncing back from your own mistakes and improving. And again, recognize and compliment the way your child is improving too because they will feed off of you. If you don't fear failure, they will understand how to not feel fear failure. So overall, no parent wants their child to become so centered on external success that they will never try new activities. 
you know, these methods will encourage a child to acknowledge smaller, often internal achievements, lessons learned or hurdles overcome. Just, you know, it's so important that children uh, are not different. In fact, they are more prone to experience failure than adults. And so, most of childhood is an experiential process. So, we want to encourage the idea of them having new friends and trying new things and enjoying new experiences. Children not taking any part in any type of activities in which they fear failure uh, are going to have stunted life. They're going to have developmentally be behind all the other children that they're around that don't fear failure. You know, if they do not take part in any activities, they will never face failure. And, and however, this is a negative attitude on the part of children. So whatever the outcome, children should take part in any type of activities that provide them with an opportunity to reach success. And success does not come so easily. And success does not always have to be uh, something is completed or something is an A. Success can be the fact that they have evolved and improved. And, and if we look at success as an improvement rather than a stopping point, then a child understands that evolving requires energy and doing hard things. You know, parents may need to convince their children that failure is inevitable in life. At least during some occasions, they can get successes after some incidents of failures. Also, parents may also need to ensure their children uh, that repeated attempts will eventually equip them with the capability to attain unqualified success. You know, you know for example, uh, children learning how to ride a bicycle is a classical example of attaining success. Children can never learn bicycling without falling down from a bicycle. In fact, children are bound to experience failure before tasting success. So parents may need to assure their children of success when they are learning to ride a bicycle, though extremely apprehensive uh, being, uh, they're apprehensive about falling down, children still end up riding on it despite the initial failures. And I know it's scary to fall, but hey, that's, it's how you get back up. Also, tasting, taking risks is a common aspect of life, and that's something you want to teach children. So you talk to them about the importance of taking risks to achieve something tangible. Unless someone takes uh, some risks, they will never be able to achieve anything in life. So when your children understand the criticality of taking risks, they will get ready to face several incidents of failure with a confident and an energetic mind. Also teaching them that incidents of failure should translate into significant learning experience. And especially young children need a lot of encouragement from their parents. You know, uh, you want them to know they can do it, that they are capable, that they have the ability, that you have faith in them, that fear is only temporary. Fear is not permanent. Uh, you can you can compete with others. You can participate. You're as good as your classmates. You know, that is things that children need to hear, and that's healthy. Now, in business, every entrepreneur that I've ever met is afraid of failure. It's human nature. When we go outside our comfort zone, when we feel scared, an entrepreneur, uh, our ego identity becomes so wrapped up in what we're doing that when things do not go well as, as they expect, they literally feel like they're going to die. And so, you know, you want to reframe your goals. First, reframe failure by shifting your goals. Expand your goal to include learning something new, and you will never 
uh, technically fail because there's always something to be learned. You know, in any business, it's important to learn how to diversify, diversify and also understand the market may demand you to evolve into something more. You know, it's always important for a business to have a primary income and lots of secondary incomes. And also those secondary incomes might lead to being the primary income after a while because the demands on the market may may uh, uh, be out there. But those secondary incomes are often stuff that we fail at initially or is not as good at. But as we succeed to try and try again, we eventually end up finding a model in that secondary thing that makes it successful. You know, so we any any business has to have a lot of diversity in it. You know, uh, you want to also visualize if you're an entrepreneur your 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 obstacles. You know, positive alone is not enough. Research has shown that the best outcomes are created when we balance positive thinking with visualizing the future obstacles and struggles that we'll encounter. You know, uh, uh, think of a situation which you're afraid of failure. Visualize how uh, hitting uh, uh, that you're hitting an obstacle, and then allow yourself to feel the fear, and then see yourself moving forward. Next, spend a few minutes planning how to overcome whatever obstacles may stand in your way. Then see yourself succeeding despite their ob- those obstacles. You also want to uncover your story. When we take failure very personally, we always, always associating failure with a bigger story about ourselves. We're t- you know, taking the failure to mean I am not good enough. I will never be successful as an entrepreneur. My team is the story from the facts. Well, you know, the deal is you you want to understand that this is an evolving opportunity. This is something that has taught me something, and I'm going to take this tool and I'm going to move it to trying to make it better, trying to secure a better business. So ask three very important questions of yourself if you're an entrepreneur. What did I learn from the situation How can I grow as a person from this experience? And where are three positive things about this situation? When you first attempt to list three positive things about failure, your mind may uh, be very resistant. But if you stick with the exercise before you know it, you will see a new opportunity that can come out of that failure. And you also may look around and see other businesses like yours that failed over and over again the same way you did. You also want to surrender and feel and feel the fear. You know, many of us allow uh, fear to paralyze us because we don't feel, uh, we don't understand the feeling of fear. But, you know, you simply want to allow yourself to feel the fear when it shows up and then you'll notice that it quickly dissipates and suddenly the situation becomes more manageable. Now, in relationships, the fear of failure can operate very strongly. When we get close to someone, it can bring the surface unresolved issues from the past, the very things that we might want to avoid dealing with over and over again. I've seen relationships sabotaged or crumble because one or both partners are unaware that they're bringing a whole ton of hurts, fears, ambivalence from their past into the present situation. You know, the first step in getting out from the shadow of your past is to gain awareness. Relationships experts have looked at this over and over and over again. You know, a close relationship is a powerful thing. And and like any strong thing, it casts a very large shadow. When you stand in the light of a close relationship, you must learn to deal with the shadow. 
Uh, perhaps it's because intimate relationships bring the possibility of love, closeness, that, are, that, that we are confronted with the wounds of our past. Are we setting ourselves up for hurt? Well, pain is a reminder that we're still alive. Take that chance. Take that chance. Find out. You know, consistently, you know, evaluate your partner. Go to counseling and see if you guys are a good couple. Try to look at yourselves and try to see how you want the relationship to be and model that relationship as to what you want it to look like when it's complete. Or it's never going to be complete, but what you want it to look like. And be that couple. Be those people that have goals in their life and have goals together. You know, a lot of people live day to day. And it's so sad because if in their relationship they've set up goals, what they eventually do is they feel much better about being a couple, much more powerful because they're achieving things that they discussed, they made plans for, they prioritized, they didn't sabotage, and they work together. And that reinforces the self-esteem of the relationship. And so it's important uh, with, with great, you know, it's almost as, as if uh, you try to avoid pain what you're going to do or avoid failure, uh, what you're going to do is have a mediocre relationship with the expectation of having something better. And that is what, my friends, leads to divorce. Um, and it's sad. You know, we have unreasonable expectations, but we're not even putting the energy in to actually be in the marriage or be in the relationship. You know, I think it's so sad when I see people that are married never really fully giving to their relationship, never fully being married. And then they end up getting divorced and their children suffer, uh, the true victims of divorce. And what happens is they never learned how to be married. And to go from one relationship to another, one, one marriage to another, and never have had marriage healthy, never have really understood what two contributing partners do and how they commit to each other and how they commit to their family, how they commit to their relationship, how they commit to their goals. It's sad to know that you walked away before the whole thing ever got to blossom. And it's shameful to know that you would walk away without giver, giving that full commitment to your partner. You know, if you're going to be married, you're either all in or you're all out. You can't do in between. You have to be all in or all out. And that's on all avenues, including sex. All right. You know, uh, like all challenges in life, greater awareness and willingness to work on an issue can spark change. You know, if you're in a relationship, every fight you have is about the relationship. It's not about one person or the other. It's about a need not getting met by one or the other in the relationship. And relationship is compromise. And so what it means is you've got to be willing to fight for the relationship. And if both won't fight for the relationship, you really don't have a relationship. And that's not meaning that it has to be fight as a violent thing. It has to be a simple discussion where you put forward your emotions and you discuss your needs in a relationship. And not all needs are logical. And you've got to be able to accept that too. Okay. You know, the, these are some things that will help you uh, get past that fear of failure and make better choices in a relationship. You want to ga gain awareness of your past hurts and adopt a more faithful, realistic perspective of it. And this might mean taking in your parent, you know, talking to them about their marriage, talking, uh, taking a closer look at your own relationships. This also is acknowledge the damage that was done and shift to an a, 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 a impersonal perspective that's focused on understanding and healing rather than blaming. 
you also want to find ways to repair damage by writing a new narrative in your life, one that includes a partners who are trustworthy and willing to work on building a committed relationship. And also examining your expectations about intimate partnerships. You might be more focused on your dream of how a relationship should be rather than the reality of how it is, leading to disappointment. And you also want to focus on things you can control. You want to accept that you can't control the past, but you can exercise the power of choice today. Very, very important. You know, um, the fear that he or she is going to leave you, you know, if you, if you sense that someone's going to leave you, you're going to have an ultimate sense of paranoia. And what's going to happen is that paranoia is going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Those trust issues that you may have in your partner are going to push them away. That's something you don't want to project on a partner is your fear that they're going to leave you because that puts you in a one-down position at all times. That's a discussion you take outside of the relationship. Okay. Now, we've talked about relationships. We've talked about the fear of failure. You know, uh, understanding in a relationship, number one, that I'm not good enough and looking at yourself as I'm not good enough is not a healthy perspective. Looking at yourself as a failure, never a good perspective. Think about yourself as a success. Think about you as a, as an evolution in process. All right, that's our show. Our next show is The Narcissist. I want to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. Get your feedback, drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or Twitter at drgbmft. Now, remember, the key to success is to know who to blame when you fail. Also, the best way to make sure people remember you is to borrow money from them. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.